Welcome back to the Nerd Nest Podcast, everybody. I'm Bill. That's Rich. It's just the two of us yet again, but that's awesome because that means we have more time to talk about stuff. Rich, how's your week been, man? It's been good. It's been pretty busy. My wife is on a trip, so I am here with the kids alone, and I'm just trying to entertain them as best I can. I took them to, uh, it's called Main Event, just another like Dave and Buster's arcade spot. Oh, so okay. they had a lot of fun. That's awesome. My my grandson is actually downstairs taking a nap right now. My wife and I are nice. babysitting. Uh, on We got Saturday duties, which is exciting, uh, but I get to step away for an hour to you know do a show with you and i am excited about that and it's a big one it is a big one holy cow there's so much for us to talk about today and just before we hit record rich and i were going back and forth about what should we lead with what is the <laughs> big the biggest story and i gotta be honest i'm not sure what the biggest story but you can rest assured that it is valve related because there is so much going on with yep. valve right now uh so let's start off with actually at the end of last episode, um, Rich said to me, he goes, you know, how would you like to do a, a topic about why steam machines failed? Because it seems like we'll talk about this later, why we think we're getting steam machines, right? Uh, so I think that's a good thing to start with. And before we actually get going, if you are watching this video on YouTube, then leave a comment down below on why you think steam machines failed before Rich and I talk about that. So, Rich, you posed this question. I want to hear what you think. Why, like, what's your opinion on this? Yeah, so my opinion is there's no, like, shortage of reasons why, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> What's so, the like, biggest one, then? We'll go with the biggest one for you first. The, the biggest one is Proton, right? Like, Proton didn't exist at the time. And so if someone was buying a Steam machine and they were just using <clears throat> Steam OS, right, then they don't have a lot of options to play. I think there was like some of the Valve games like Portal and Left 4 Dead, and then they had some indies and things like that. But they, if you're, if I'm thinking about like the Steam Deck, one of the things that I kept saying leading up to the Steam Deck is that this has like the largest launch library, if we're thinking of it as a console, of any console. And that's just like not the case with a Steam machine. It just had a handful of titles that you can play. And I th there are more more reasons than that, but I think that has to be like the biggest reason. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with that. In fact, back when I was doing um, the On Deck podcast, which was a Steam Deck only podcast, that was a thing that we talked about all the time. The fact that the the only reason that this is viable is because valve invested in making sure that proton works and just so everybody yep. knows valve is not like they they didn't make proton the proton is like this open source thing that is that people have been working on for a really, really long time but because it got backing from valve it got better and better and better like uh they're not the only ones to do what uh, what is the thing it's an acronym that's all wine. in wine, wine yes uh, it's wine is not an emulator yeah, wine is not an <laughs> emulator, which is uh, like this recursive thing. That's yep. basically what Proton is based on, is the fact that we're running Windows games on Linux. And, you know, detractors of Valve, they might say, well, the reason that Valve failed on the Steam machines is because they didn't go with Windows. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe that's true, uh, but the Steam Deck didn't use windows and it's doing just fine. So I think that, that you, you took the answer that I was going to give 
the the biggest answer is clearly the idea that 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 proton just makes everything almost everything just work really really well and it's every time i play a game on my steam deck i'm always like oh yeah this was made for windows and i'm playing it on linux for some reason and it's working yep. really it's it's working really well so what what's your next what's next on your list for reasons that it failed uh, I'm going to bundle this in. I just thought of it just as we were talking about it, but um, Steam, Steam OS or Steam Deck OS is we're going to get to later, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So like the concept of what makes, I think, Steam Deck so easy to use is not simply that, you know, it's a PC gaming handheld. I think they put together an experience, a user experience that is better than just launching something into big picture mode, right? It is you it's all catered specifically to using like a gaming machine and a gaming only machine, even though it's capable of doing so much more, it's all geared towards gaming. And you kind of have to like break out of that to go to desktop mode and actually use it as a desktop. So that's the next, next biggest thing. But I also really wanted to mention price, right? Like all of these were third party OEMs that, didn't get a cut from the steam store. Mm -hmm. So they were pricing them as gaming PCs. And so they were pricing them at, at, I don't know. I don't remember, but I would imagine at least $800, probably upwards of a thousand dollars. Right. So that's just not consumer friendly. That's not comparable to a console. And I think, I think that's the approach that valve has taken since then is that they've tried to attract people that are not PC gamers as well as people that are PC gamers. So they've taken both of those and just made the best of both worlds. Yeah, to add on to what you're saying about price, um, what Valve's done with the Steam Deck this time is they have, like, they've given, like, uh, 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 they've cleared the road, essentially. You know, they, it was like there was this forest. They're out there in the front with a machete. They're chopping a path through this forest uh, by by saying, this is the price of a handheld PC. And do you think, do you think that the ROG ally or the Lenovo Legion go would have launched at the prices that they are launching at? If the steam deck didn't exist at $400 for the cheapest version. I don't, I don't see how it's possible just given all of the evidence they've given us so far, especially Asus, right. With how they price their phones. Cause they're in that, that business as well. And how they price their gaming phones. I think just anything that they've taken with sort of the gamer brand has been pretty pricey and the ROG ally is definitely uh, distinct from that and in a, in, in a very good way, obviously. And so I think that's definitely steam decks influence and just competition in the market. Yeah, and I I absolutely agree with that. I don't think there's any. Ch I think that if in a in a alternate universe where the Steam Deck does not exist, mm -hmm. when the ROG Ally comes out, it price matches all the higher end right um, all the higher end um, ha uh, PC handhelds that we saw before the Steam Deck, and uh, it doesn't like it's not listed on. Uh, gaming websites all the time either in that in that alternate universe because it's just not nearly as an attractive as a purchase when you're talking about something that's you know a thousand eleven hundred twelve hundred dollars like For that's sure. really really expensive and they have to push that price down because valve exists not only at four hundred dollars but you know it's on sale right now which we'll talk about later um, yep. an, another reason that I think that the steam steam machines failed 
was the Steam controller. Um, the Steam controller fell on its face hard, and I. It's not because it's not a good input device because I have two of them, and it is a fantastic input device. But when you showed that to the average gamer, they right. said there's only one stick, there's no D pad. What yep. are these weird circles? I'm not going to like spend money to try that. It's just not attractive. And Valve, I think like they learned from that because Absolutely. when they launched the Steam Deck, yeah, it still had those track pads and it still had all that Steam input stuff, but it also had two sticks, a D-pad, you know, all of the things that regular controllers do. And that's like the Trojan horse. You know, people get that and they're like, oh, okay, well, now I can see how all of these, you know, all these weird control input things that you can do with Steam input and the the weird things that are on the Steam Deck, I can see how that works now that I have it in my hands. But right. it's really hard to convince somebody to spend, I don't remember how much a Steam controller was back in the day. Uh, it's really hard to convince somebody to buy one of those when they look at it and they're like, I, I can't visualize how I can play the games that I want to play on this and at the time the steam machines were playing pc games which pc games that supported had full support for controllers at the time were yep. not nearly as prevalent as they are today so i think that that is another reason why not through any fault of valve i don't think but they just mm -hmm. th that they ended up failing uh is because of steam input Do you, did you ever use a steam controller yeah, I have one. I love it. And similar to you, right? Like, I, I love it, but I don't think it's for everybody. And I think that the Steam Deck brings best of both worlds. But like, for example, even for me, I don't I don't use the Steam or I didn't use the Steam controller for every game I played, right? Like I did mm -hmm. miss the D-pad sorely. So and I never used the left trackpad. I know there are folks that use kind of dual trackpad, one for, you know, walking, one for aiming, but that was never me. So I missed the D-pad sorely. And I also for the right anal for the right trackpad, I used that for first person shooters, but that was it. I didn't really use it in third person games. I mean you would have to, right? But I I would prefer to use like an Xbox controller or something like that when I'm playing third person games or dual analog games. So I was like big into like geometry wars type stuff back then. So that's <laughs> something that just didn't work with the Steam controller, at least not for me. I understand it worked for others, I'm sure. I will say you were missing out by not trying the dual trackpad in a first person shooter that felt yeah fantastic it felt really really great if you dialed in the settings but that was a kind of a big ask like there was so much yeah i don't want to I, there was a lot of work that had to go into figuring out the steam input stuff and but that's kind of like right up my alley so like i really enjoyed mm -hmm. figuring that stuff in uh, and figuring stuff figuring that stuff out and dialing right. in those settings i always enjoyed that i almost enjoyed that stuff more than I actually enjoyed playing the game. Like I, I, you know, oh, I need to tweak this thing just a little bit in order to get this to 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 behave this way. Like when I was playing New World on my Steam controller, I had followed somebody else's guide. I can't remember who it was, but they had this guide where the haptics on the I'm trying to figure out uh, the the right um, trackpad when you reach the end and like the edge of the ring and you let go the haptics would feel almost like it was a stick bouncing back and oh, it was like cool. really cool um yeah. 
but it was a lot of work to get to that point. Like it was more work than it was worth, I think, at some point. Right. And right. Uh, that, that's another reason why they failed. So I, I think that Steam Machines, they failed, and it's a good thing that they failed because I it forced Valve to go back to the drawing board. And if they hadn't gone back to had to go back to the drawing board, we probably wouldn't have the handheld, the Steam Deck that we have now. Um, I, I think we would have a very different gaming landscape where you would have all these very expensive um, third-party PCs running SteamOS. Uh, and I think that failure is the best teacher. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Valve learned a lot from that failure. And that means we get cooler stuff. So let's move on and talk about some of that cooler stuff, unless you had more reasons that you think it failed. No, I did have a question for you, though. Go ahead, go. Um, assuming assuming that, so, you know, there's a lot of talk about this being like a VR-focused console. Um, and I also wanted to ask you about that, right? Because I saw you reply to Sadly It's Bradley about you wanting it to be VR is optional, but not well, VR exclusive. Let's catch everybody up real quick. What is the yeah. this that you're talking about? The the oh yeah that's right we're we're talking about steam machines but we're not really I haven't really mentioned that. yeah yeah so the rumor is that uh, Valve is working on a steam steam I call it Steam Deck console that's what I wanted to ask you about is what what is a good name for this as as we're waiting for it to hopefully be announced um, but Valve is potentially working on a Steam Deck console I think what we know is that Valve is doing a lot of work around VR. And we also seem to know that there was some piece of hardware that was certified in Korea for Valve. So we're all kind of putting two and two together along with other rumors and leaks that we've seen. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be a Steam machine, let's call it. Steam uh, box. Steam box that is treating virtual reality as a first-class citizen. That's the way I'm going to put it. So we don't know if it's VR-focused or VR-exclusive or something like that, but it seems to be treating VR as a first-class citizen. So the first question I have is, do you think they would possibly go back to the name Steam Machine? Uh, I mean, I can can see this both ways, because on Mm -hmm. one hand, people would say, well, they failed, right? And if they yep. failed, then there's this negative connotation that comes along with Steam Machine. But on the other hand, if you polled, uh, you know, a uh, hundred thousand gamers, I bet you a hundred gamers would say that they know what Steam machines are. You that's know, fair. it was that's how that's how bad they failed. They failed so bad that nobody knows what they are. Only the super geeks know what they are. So I think that they could get away with calling them Steam Machines, but I don't think that that's a good name. Not that I think that I can come up with a better name because Steambox isn't like probably going to get sued by Microsoft if they do that. Uh, (laughs) So I don't know. Maybe sauna. I like call them the you know a sauna. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, uh, let us know in the in the comments on the YouTube channel. What what would you call them? So, Rich, what would you call them? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Right now, I just like Steam Deck console. I don't know what you would actually call it, but that's like, that to me seems like an easy way to communicate what this is because everyone knows what a Steam Deck is. And I do think that Valve would be aiming for sort of a console-like experience as they did with the Steam Deck itself. So I'm just calling it Steam Deck console until we know more, but I've hesitated to call it a Steam machine, maybe partly because of what you said. I don't think that everybody necessarily knows what that is. Well, okay, so do we have to say Steam? Maybe we say Deck Box or or Deck Machine or because the like Steam that. Deck name has a lot of recognition. And Agreed. I think that even, even though... There, I, I said this in a recent video, even though these handheld PCs like the Steam Deck, ROG Ally, Legion Go, they're very niche products. You go to big websites, big websites in the gaming space, and it is on there all the time. Uh, and I've, I've talked about that in a recent video. So even though these are niche, People do know what they are because the gaming journalists are constantly talking about them because they're, you know, they get a lot of clicks. So um, I do think that you could lean into the deck branding. Um, but I, I do, I also, th I, I don't like the, I don't like Steam Deck console. Like it's too long. Right. Um, so I like, deck I don't box. know what That's a good, good name is. What'd you say? I like deck box or just doing something based on deck that that's, I like that. All right. All yeah. right. So you said you had two questions. Uh, I forgot the, did yeah, we get so to two questions or that was one question? The, yeah. The second question was really not a question, but I want to hear your thoughts kind of on what you said to Brad when Brad said he wants basically a VR, almost a VR exclusive, I think is the way I took it. Right. But you mm -hmm. kind of pushed back and you said you wanted VR as an add on. So I just wanted to hear your take on that. Well, there's okay. So sadly, it's Bradley who is very much in the VR headspace. Like he does a lot of data mining around VR and that kind of stuff. So you know, the people you you always have to think about what people want and how that colors their interpretations of information that they're gathering. So I know that Rich, for instance, loves handheld. So mm. when he looks at information, that's that's the lens that he's looking at stuff through. I. Uh, would like to see something on the TV. So that's the lens that I look at stuff through. I want a console. Bradley does VR stuff, so he's going to see that stuff first. Uh, and so Bradley was saying that he really wanted them to make a VR-first experience. And the reason that I don't want that to happen, um, not because I don't want, sadly, it's Bradley to be happy. I want it to be happy it's Bradley. Uh, but um, the reason I don't want that to happen is, number one, I think that the potential um, user base out there, when you go to VR, much smaller, much, much smaller. Uh, also, if people can't try it, 
most people won't tr won't like they're very unlikely to pick up a VR headset if they can't try it. Like yeah. I know that Valve Index did well. I know that MetaQuest is doing well. Um, PS5 fell on or PS VR2 fell on its face, uh, which is too bad because it's awesome. Um, but people can't try it. In order, and if they can't try it, then they're unlikely to be like, holy cow, that's amazing. I'm going to give you all of my money. Uh, and not only that, but if it is a VR first experience, I think it's going to be an expensive experience. Whereas if you do it the way that I was thinking, make it a set top box, plugs into your TV for flat gaming, but can also wire, wirelessly stream the VR signal to a VR headset that you can buy separately now you can sell it to a much larger group of people and then upsell them on the VR. Uh, I think it has a much bigger chance for success. And then finally, my, my last reason is as much as I like VR because I have a PSVR 2 and I think that, that Sony did a great job with it. It's really fun to play. Um, there's this whole like ritual that comes along with playing a VR game where I got to get it out of yep. its case and put it on my head and plug in the wire and make sure that my two, now I have two controllers that have to be charged and a headset that has to be either plugged in or charged. And it's just, it's this whole setup time that takes away from my gaming time. And if you are there for VR, then you're probably all about it. But uh, I think that limiting it to only VR would be a mistake. And what do you think about it? I, I agree with that. I really like what you said there about sort of upselling someone, right? Like it's hard to do both and it's hard to do just jump right into VR. But I think it's easier to to have someone have the just a console or a box or something like that, play games on it. And then they can, th that means something I said in my video is that that also means that someone that has the Quest 3 can use the box. They can still use the box without the Deckard headset and mm -hmm. just play VR wirelessly from the Quest 3 to the box. So I think I think it lowers the barrier if it's a console first, which does hopefully treat VR as a first-class citizen so that it's not sort of clunky or as clunky as it would be maybe if it's just a regular gaming PC. Yeah, and not only that, but there's way fewer games that, I mean, I know that Bradley was saying, you know, you can still play your 2D games in like this big, um, right. like theater or whatever. Right. Which is cool. Uh, I have tried that on the PSVR 2. It's not worth it to me to be able to have that, that bigger screen. I don't care about the size of the screen nearly as much as I care about not having to wear a thing on my face. So... I, Good way to I, put I it. totally get that. Like, I get that, that that is a selling point, but it's not a selling point for me. And, you know, people can disagree about stuff. So um, I, I, I just I think that if you limit it to only VR, um, the audience is small, the number of games are small, and you're setting yourself up for disappointment unless you are a VR enthusiast, in which case you for probably sure. already have like something that's really like at least as good because the valve index is fantastic. Um, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, it's a good question and I can't wait to find out. I will yeah. say this. If it turns out to be this VR first thing, I'm probably still going to try it. I'm probably still going to buy sure. it and try Absolutely. it out so that I could talk about it and, you know, be, you know, be able to like have that experience. You said you're going to too. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's no question. I'm buying it. Whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever Damn it, is. Valve has us. We're like those mm -hmm. we're like those Apple fanboys that everybody always talks about, you know. Uh <laughs> well, listen, Whatever you it is, a we're going to buy it. Portal. I bought a PlayStation Portal, so like yeah. if if we're willing to buy a PlayStation Portal, then certainly we'd buy this, whatever it is. Well, we'll see how much it costs because a PS Portal Fair. is only two hundred dollars compared to this if is this true. is a VR system. Uh, I I anticipate the price would be really high. Let's let's imagine That's for fair. a second that it is VR. How much do you think Valve charges for something like this? Because the Valve Index is like isn't that like a grand or something? And you have to have a beefy PC to run it on. Yeah, and then you need like room space, right? Like for those I forgot what they're called, but the pillars. The like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'm I would pay like up to five, up to five hundred, like similar to like the PSVR two. But I'm also thinking it's supposed to be. Wait, really? PSVR two is seven. Jesus. Yeah, right. I know. Which is why I kind of regret buying it, not because it's not good. Yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. I don't play it as much as I is I don't play it for seven hundred dollars worth. You know how much is the is the Quest Three? I know um, it's not out yet. I don't. I think that that's five hundred. Because Meta did this weird thing where they raised the price of the Quest Two, yeah, and then they uh, brought announced the Quest Three and lowered the price of the Quest Two. And the Quest Three, I think, is six hundred or five hundred. I I can hear you typing, so I'm guessing you Googled it just now. I, yeah, but I can't find it. So, oh, okay. oh wait, MetaQuest 3 price, yeah, start at $499, 100, okay. 100 more than the Quest 2. So if it's just a headset, I feel like I would pay up to 499 If it's just a box, I feel like I would pay, I, well, that depends, right? Like if it's a, a PSVR 2, excuse me, PS5 like level box, I would probably pay at least as much as a PS5. Mm -hmm. Like if it's ray tracing and stuff like that, like I would pay a good deal for that. Yeah, so would I. I, I would absolutely... I would, in a heartbeat, if it's not a VR system, if it's just a console and it's from Valve, in a heartbeat, without thinking about it for a second, I would pay at least 500 for that because my computer is going to cost way more than that to get right to, to get those upgrades to like the latest whatever. And I like the all-in-one solution. Like I've, I'm sitting here, I'm talking to Rich on a... Uh, on a Mac mini on my desk. Like I like the all in one solution because I don't have to think about it. Uh, so that that's something uh, th to look forward to now, continuing on with this, you know, this, this box, whatever it is, does it come with a, a new version of the steam controller or do they just pack in an Xbox controller or do they say, you know, buy your own controller. You already have controllers. Everybody's got controllers coming out of their ears. Like, yeah. What, what, what do they do? What do you think? Yeah, so um, I spoke to Sadly as Bradley over on DM, and mm -hmm. we were talking about the hardware certification. He offered like some some clarifications on some of the things I said, and one of the things I said was that it could be like a bundle, um, but he said that like the box and the headset and the controller may each need their own certification specifically if it's a br so well, the fact if they're that if they're all wireless then they will need they'll all need their own certification so that they can talk to each other i think yes so the fact that there's only one certification is like what is this right mm. so is there another certification coming there's there's there are all these questions um so i do think that if it's 
VR as an add-on, I think they need to release a Steam controller alongside the box or bundled with the box or something like that. But I, I think we need a Steam controller too, one that plays more like the Steam Deck. Yeah, I, I okay. So if it's only one certification, then what if it's a VR headset that has cameras that watches your fingers? Oh, weird. I'm not you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, are you gonna be are you gonna be walking around in a in the latest Doom and you're like pew pew, you know, shooting with your finger? Like right. I, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, that's yeah, a little, I don't think too so far either. for me. Mm-hmm. I want to have something you know, something tangible in my hand when I'm playing a game. And the force feedback is is cool. And I know that there's sure. games where they have, like, finger tracking, where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to pick this thing up. And, and it, I'm sure that that's cool, but I do prefer to have something that you can feel in your hand when I'm, you know, playing Star Wars or whatever, and I'm swinging around a lightsaber. I like to have the handle of the lightsaber in my hand. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, anything else about this? Uh, well, okay. I guess we should transition to the the thing that you to- that you noticed the or high tech low life noticed right before uh, the show that you told me about, and that is yeah. the uh, the the latest Steam Deck update, which uh, I just put out a video about a few hours ago, and uh, it's Steam OS three point five is is now here which it's in the beta it's in beta right now and i imagine that it's going to be coming out soon uh, and we're going to talk about those patch notes later on in the episode but there's something that i think everybody except for probably uh high tech low life noticed and that's that at the very very top of it it says steam deck os 3.5 preview yep um is this the first time that they, cause I, we had like, we just heard about this before the show. So is this the first time that they've referred to it as steam deck OS? It's the, yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but in the blog itself, they do say steam OS, right? Like it starts out saying steam OS 3.5 has just been released to the preview channel. So it's only the title of the, of the article that says steam deck OS 3.5 preview and I've never seen this before from Valve. I've seen, you know, obviously YouTubers will say Steam, Steam Deck OS. I've seen it on ETA Prime's channel. Maybe Takiudon. I think when, sure. when people started doing um, videos about Steam Deck, they wanted to have Steam Deck be like, that's a searchable right. thing. Right. Steam OS was a lot less searchable. So people were saying for sure Steam Deck OS a bunch. Yeah. This from Valve, though, is very interesting. Sorry, I, I did cut you off. What were you saying? No, that's it, right? Like, this is really, really interesting. I don't know if it's, it. I mean, it's it's not unintentional, right? Meaning it could be that they didn't mean to say Steam Deck OS publicly, but I don't think that they would, they meant to say Steam OS, like, and they've been using Steam OS internally the whole time, and then all of a sudden they said Steam Deck OS. So, to me, this means that they are possibly like um, not branching, forking, right? Steam OS mm-hmm. into into the two different, I would say, two different right now versions, like Steam Deck OS and Steam VR OS, maybe. Uh, but that's just, I mean, that's wild speculation. But I just don't see why they would have called it Steam Deck OS when they've been calling it Steam OS this whole time. I, I, iOS, iPad OS, uh, like yeah. T. Uh, Apple has TV OS on their TV. Like 
it makes a lot of sense for them to call this Steam Deck OS. Like that, that could mean that they've got some other OS that's the same core, you know, right. it's the same exact core, but it just, you know, has a different user interface or something like that in order to make it more usable for the different um, input device that you might have. So that's very, very interesting. Um, what do you guys think? Let us know in the comments down below that like button. All right, let's move on. And I guess we, you know, we talked about the patch notes. Let's let's look at these patch notes because there's a lot of uh, really good stuff. Bless you. There's a lot of really Thank good you. stuff in these patch notes. Yeah. And I think we're eating good right now. This is some <laughs> good stuff. I'm going to bring these up on screen if I can click on the right button. Um, let's start at the very top uh, where we're talking about the display. Um it's actually really great. So now they have changed the default color rendering for Steam Deck. It's been adjusted to more um, mimic the sRGB color gamut. It gives you slightly warmer tones and more vibrant. So basically, they're putting Vibrant Deck out of business and making it themselves. And one thing that I really like that they did is if you... My Steam Deck is on the other side of the room because I was playing a a game earlier. Um, but if you press the steam button, bring up the menu, go down to system settings under display, there's this new thing called adjust display colors where it brings up this, um, this screen and you can change the color vibrance and the color temperature. Uh, native is a lot more like the old steam, the way that it used to look. So if you don't like the new way, you can go back to the old way. Mm -hmm. SRGB is um, definitely uh, more intense colors, but not intense enough to clip so that your your gradients will still look good. And then boosted means that you may get some clipping, but it's going to look even brighter. I set mine up and I cranked it all the way over to boosted because it looks fantastic. <laughs> it looks really, really good. And then color temperature lets you decide if you want to have a more blue tone or a more reddish tone uh, with this. Have you had a chance to mess with this at all, Rich? No, I haven't. I've been sort of outside since yesterday. It's not, obviously, I came came home last night, but I've just been doing stuff. But one thing I do want to point out is that this is still on the preview channel. Um, so if you if you just maybe if you're using Decky, for example, and you have a bunch of plugins, maybe don't update just yet because those plugins may break. Um, but yeah, it's on the preview channel, so you should be able to check it out if you're willing to take that chance. Yeah, and honestly, I say give it a shot. And if you don't like it, go right back to the way it was before because it's super easy true. to switch back and forth. In fact, I was um I put out a video earlier this week talking about SteamOS 3.6, which mm -hmm. people are probably hearing that and they're like, "What are you talking about?" Mm -hmm. So, if you have dev mode enabled and then you go into the dev mode and turn on like certain settings, you can get access to other channels. And I was yeah. on what's called the main channel, main. which is not the great, the best name for it because that m makes people think, oh, is that the one everybody uses? No, it's right. the one with the most bugs. It's the one that Valve tests stuff internally. Don't use the main channel. I went to the main channel because I had heard that it had SteamOS 3.6 on it. So sure enough, I updated and I was on th uh, 3.6. And I had posted a video saying, well, if 3.6 is on the main channel, then SteamOS 3.5 is going to get pushed to preview. Uh, and then I was driving down the road, 
and I'm, my 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 wife is he he didn't know this but he's texting my uh, rich is texting my <laughs> wife uh cuz he's texting me and I'm telling her what telling her what to type back uh and and he's like you called it you know and, and I was like should I change my thumbnail cuz you know and he's like nah leave it alone um but that means that like I was on 3.6 so I got home and I was like you know what I'm going to make a video about this that meant that I had to downgrade from 3.6 to 3.4.10 so that then I could mm -hmm. show the upgrade process of 3.4.10 up to 3.5. And it is super, that's a long way to say anybody can do it. It's incredibly easy to go onto the preview mode, test it out, and then say, ah, it's not for me, and go yep. back. So I highly recommend that you guys just try it out. It only takes a few minutes, really. It's easy. Um, so are you going to try it, or are you going to just let like wait for it no, to come? I'm, I'm going to try it tonight. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yep. So let's look at the other stuff in there. Uh, under display, um, if you have an... Oh, I forgot to put this on the screen. Uh, under display, if you have an HDR uh, TV or a VRR TV, which I, I don't have a VRR TV, um, you can now enable those things. You do have to have a supported uh, adapter. So I, I'm not sure which... Um, because I don't have a VRR display to hook it up to. Uh, I don't know, like, all of the Steam Deck docks that I have, I don't know which of those will work with that right. and which won't, and if you have to use HDMI or if you have to use DisplayPort. So uh, do you know which ones will work and which ones won't? I don't. I'm hoping the, the Valve one should work, right? The Valve dock, so you should... Yeah, you would think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I think I don't even know where that is. It's probably in a drawer somewhere because I've been using the I've been using the JSOX one for external RGB. Um, uh, no, not the RGB one. Uh, yeah, I've been yeah, using yeah. the one that has the M.2 drive in it. The RGB one is also around here um, because, hey, if you guys haven't seen my RGB commercial, I'm really proud of it because it's, it's like so a 19, 1990s monster truck commercial. Uh, <laughs> I hope that you'll check it out somewhere on my channel. But I've been using the. Um, the, the one that has the M.2 drive, uh, which we'll talk about that in a second as well. Um, they also added in, uh, they separated scaling and filtering in the quick access menu so that you could uh, be able to handle different aspect ratios. They added stretch and zoom to that. It's just under the quick access menu. It's really easy to get to. Anything else in display that you think is uh, something that you want to talk about? This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, no. Yeah, nope. I'm excited about the, the CPU stuff. The CPU stuff. Remind me. 
in the in the next section in general. Oh, in the, the next section. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was looking in the in the display part. Yeah. yeah. So uh, take it away. Yeah. So one of the big things they fixed is a SMT performance bug that we didn't really know existed. We just knew that emulation was faster when we disabled smt it turns out that was caused by a bug that's been fixed in the main channel right where steam os 3.5 has been living up till now and now it's available for all of us on the preview channel so yeah you can it's going to be better for cpu bound games yeah so just for those of people who don't know what smt is first off i forget what it stands for but it's it's, it has to do with multi-threading so you've got a cpu it has multiple threads going on. If one of the threads ran into a problem, the Steam Deck would essentially say, all right, we're going to throw them all away. And or, or if I think it was if one of them finished early, it would throw them all away. So when you turned off SMT or turned it on, I can't remember which one was it on or off when you turned it off, when you disabled it. Yeah. Yeah. When you disabled that then you wouldn't run into those issues and you would get a performance boost. Well, that is no longer going to be an issue. So that's supposed to be a, a really big change. I have not tested that yet myself, though. Yep. Um, a second ago, we were talking about external storage. This thing, um, for those of you that don't know, this has an M.2 drive built into it. And when you hook up your Steam Deck, it like JSOX had like a script that would run. They would mount that for you. Well, now you're not going to have to do that at all because it's automatically going to mount if you just go into settings and storage. So, so are are you ever? Do you use your external storage much at all? I I mostly did it because of that, right? Like I didn't want to have the script just running, and I so I it was just more convenient not to. I just do everything off of an SD card or something like that. But this is huge for me because yeah, now I don't need a script to run. It just works kind of out of the box. Awesome. Uh, what else in general? Uh, there, there's a bunch of fixes. Anything in there that's really uh, exciting for you? Did you see the contents of the performance overlay can now be customized by creating a config file? So that's pretty yeah. cool. You, I think you could probably have done this already, um, if nothing else, with like bypassing a command line parameter to a config file. But Again, this just makes it a lot more convenient. So you just create the config file, and that'll change the 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 overlay for you. Yeah, you're that's playing awesome. It, this is very much like when when people kind of hacked uh, their own startup screens onto the Steam Deck, and then Valve was like, "Oh, well, we can sell those to you for fake points. So right. we'll do that for you." Uh, and you know, this reminds me of World of Warcraft. You know, World of Warcraft they would have this moddable user interface and then people would come up with these awesome ideas and and uh, Blizzard would say, that's a great idea. We're just going to like build that into mm-hmm. World of Warcraft automatically and you won't need that mod anymore. With Valve doing this, that means they're going to have a whole bunch of people that are going to come up with these awesome versions of like the performance overlay. So um, like for me, one of the things I really care about, the I want to see the frame graph I want to see the time and I want to see the battery. And those are really the things that I care about the most. The, those things. I yeah. don't really care about how much Ram is being used. I don't really care about how much, um, uh, how much CPU, like if I'm CPU bound or GPU bound when I'm playing a game, 
but the those other things i care about those when i'm <laughs> playing a game and so i've always sure. wanted to be able to customize this and now it's just going to be you know you go into a, a document and fix it i haven't looked at how to do that yet but that's yeah. awesome i'm excited for that yeah that's really cool all right uh what else on here that you want anything else that you wanted to talk about i think probably in the firmware definitely we got one but anything else from general no, I don't think so. I think, yeah, going to firmware sounds good. Okay. Now, most of the firmware stuff I don't really understand, but uh, I was talking to Kyle, a.k.a. Cryobyte33, uh, and um, this seems like a really big deal. Um, Kyle has this uh, thing where he has like a tool that uh, either he made or figured out how it works in order to undervolt the Steam Deck. And what undervolting basically does is... If you can get a certain clock speed on a chip without, you know, some chips you need to get to, you know, in order to get to this clock speed, you need this much power. But another chip, you might be able to get to that same clock speed with less power. And undervolting allows you to perhaps run these things by using less power in order to maintain the same clock speed. This could significantly not only boost performance, but boost battery life and a whole bunch of other stuff. And you don't have to like do Kyle's awesome workaround. It's just going to be built in. Although I could not find it. Like I booted into the BIOS and like hunted around for it. And most oh, of this stuff is over my head. I can't find that anywhere. But in here it says uh, added voltage offset settings, which... This seems like a really big deal. Are, are, have you yeah. done Kyle's like, um, you know, his uh, undervolt settings? Because I have not. No, I haven't. And you know, in that video, he he definitely gives some warnings, right? And I think they're more for uh, overclocking than than undervolting. Um, mm -hmm. But he gives some warnings that, like, you know, you could mess up your device. And I I like to to mess around and tinker, but like I also mostly just like to play the games, right? So so I'm just like. That's fine. I don't need to do it. Um, but something like this where, you know, it's actually available in the BIOS, um, I may at least give it a try just to show it off in a video. Uh, I do think it can help you save battery life. So it may be something to test if you're willing to do it. But um, yeah, so I'll play around with it. Like you said, maybe save some battery life. I really wish that Kyle and Carrie could be on the show today because yep. Carrie was he was very excited about that line of the patch notes. And, yes. you know, Kyle obviously knows a ton about this stuff so rich and myself we're more dabblers when it comes to to that kind of stuff than than carrie and kyle because they're super hardcore so when they come For back sure. on the show because they're they're busy doing stuff today uh, we'll definitely be talking about this again and i think that you're going to see a lot of people figuring out the best settings for like this game or that game and uh, being able to really pull off some pretty amazing stuff on uh, this now a couple of year old tablet, which is essentially what we're playing games on. Uh, and then the, the last big, the, the biggest thing is that this is a new version of Linux, which means there's a whole bunch of new things that I really don't understand, but I know that it's going to make, uh, make things a lot, a lot easier for a lot of people. So yep. I think that that's, that's awesome. Are you, do you use desktop to, desktop mode much? I don't, but if you if you do, I think the biggest one here is like the window tiling. Like you can set up your like, you know, sort of command center, like how you want your top your windows to be, uh, like pinned in, mm -hmm. in the desktop environment. So I think that's a big one. Um, but no, I don't. I don't really use it to be honest. 
All right. Um, so we did talk about this at the beginning of the show. Uh, the Steam Decks are on sale. Uh, the cheapest one, I'm clicking on the, the thing now because I can't remember. The cheapest one is down to $359, which is not, it's not as cheap as the as the refurbished unit because the refurbished units were down to 320 but those are completely sold out already um these are now down to 359 for the 64 gigabyte version 449 for the 256 and 519 for the 512 if i were buying one today i would buy the 359 version the 64 gigabyte version i would yank that 64 gigabyte uh ssd out of there and then i would buy a 2 terabyte um, uh, two terabyte uh, SSD because uh, Western Digital just launched one for I think it's two hundred and fifty dollars I believe, um, and that's two terabytes uh, for an M.2 dot two twenty two thirty drive, and so for that you are at about six hundred dollars, which is only like that's that's a ridiculous that's cheaper than getting the most expensive Steam Deck and you're getting quadruple the storage right. that you would get on that most expensive steam deck um you got any purchasing recommendations for people other than that one uh the dock the dock is on sale oh, too yeah so i forgot about that off. yeah so that's a nice one um and then i i think we both have some videos where we're like you know if you want to pick up some games there's some really good games you can always pick up like uh you know super meat boy batman arkham city or arkham knight so yeah check check those out those are some they're going to be some good sales i'm sure absolutely and um there's well i think the next well, i mean the next steam sale i think is happening in november mm -hmm. uh that's going to be like the the whatever the autumn sale, I think is what they call right. it. Uh, that one's coming up in November and there's always so many ridiculous deals or humble bundle. Like I have yes. so many games on my steam deck because of humble bundle. So if you're getting a steam deck real cheap, you can fill that thing up with games like that. If you, even if you've never played a game on steam before, because the game, that's the biggest advantage to playing games on PC. In my opinion is how cheap you can get games all the time yep there there are actually a few good bundles out now that you mentioned it so i think the one that caught my eye was the prestige collection on fanatical so like okay. you can get like death loop and there are a bunch of games but like death loop is one of them session is one of them and you can pick from these games you can get two for 15 dollars. so the ones that caught my eye personally were death loop and session so it's a good bundle to check out yeah, absolutely. And if you guys know of like games that are on sale right now that that are, that are like not uh, you can't miss games, like you got to play them. Excuse me, let us know in the comments down below. All right. What do you want to talk about next cuz I've been I've been pushing us along on this. Oh, wait. Uh I, you had yeah, the I press something by mistake, but I control Z. We're good. <laughs> uh, control Z. There we go. Uh, you, you did add in there the show notes, this thing about uh, the VR appliance, which we forgot to talk about that. Yeah, we did. So uh, I'll share my screen, I think. Yes. Let's try it. that. We'll see if it works. I'm using right. new recording software. So, you know, if it doesn't show up, it looks like it's going to work. 
Yep. There we go. I, I can see it. All right. Yeah. So Pierre Lou or Plagman um, had posted in a Discord. I guess someone asked them about sort of this theory of doing a VR focused console. And apparently they had thought about doing it for the index. And he said that we wanted to do it alongside the index, but Proton wasn't ready at the time. So we, we talked about that. He also said it would have been also stupid expensive. And buying <laughs> something at a high end PC price doesn't make sense if we don't have a good desktop slash everything story. And the phrasing here is interesting. He says, and that definitely isn't ready either. So did he mean it wasn't ready at the time or it isn't ready now if they're going yeah. to do that now? Um, and then finally, yeah, the actual hardware will work. It's just a PC case and a main board to go in it. So I think for some people, this sort of shot down the theory that they're working on something like this now. Uh, not not for me, but maybe maybe I'm just huffing copium right now. I I mean I I do think they're working on something, but at the same time you have to imagine, like he's just he's just replying to somebody on Discord. I it's not like he's sending yeah, it through. Exactly. Hey, hey, can we get PR to weigh in on this Discord message before I send it? Uh, right. So that could that isn't that you mentioned. That could just be. Uh, oh well, he didn't really think the sentence through, but it could also right. mean. You know, they're not actually doing that and they're managing expectations. So people aren't super uh, upset about that. Well said. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to the uh, next story. What do you want to talk about next? We got a bunch of stories still. Let's do. Can we do the Nintendo Direct? I, I want to do some happy stuff before we get into like Unity. If we're gonna do that, okay. Happy stuff. You were happy with the Nintendo. Okay, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I I'm ready to hear yeah, about that's a good your point. you being pleased with the Nintendo Direct because I, was, I found I was it to pleased. be. I found it to be all kinds of like boring. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, it did. It did get like a lot of consensus. Like mid Nintendo Direct, it was very mid. Uh, a lot of the like big news was like remakes like thousand year door, which was the huge surprise, um, you know, covering super Mario RPG again. I forgot what the other remakes were. Um, but I personally was Don, Don, really uh, Mario and donkey Kong was the other one that I know of. Yes. Which I'm very happy about. I know it's probably going to be like a $50 game and it, it was a game <laughs> that does it is $50. Yeah. I looked, <laughs> but I'm excited about it. But uh, what I will say is I thought, for me, the highlights were Super Princess Peach. I thought that game looks phenomenal. And one of the things that I was thinking about is like, I feel like when Nintendo does these sort of B tier platformers or B tier like IP, I'm thinking of like the Yoshi platformers, the Kirby platformers, stuff like that. They usually just kind of do what they always do. Like a, it's just another Mario game, except it's easier or it's a mm -hmm. Mario game, except it's cuter. And I think with Princess Peach, it just looks different. It looks like its own unique thing. And I'm excited about that. And my expectations were very, very low for F-Zero. So F-Zero 99 makes a lot of sense to me. Like the thing they've always said uh, is that they just, they don't tackle a sequel unless they have like a real reason to justify its existence. Right. And you could argue that like Splatoon two and Splatoon three spit in the face of that, like, you know, philosophy. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know about that because Splatoon, like having, when they moved from the Wii U was such a failure. This they, right. they, if, they had this really popular game. Right. And it was, it was stuck on yep. this platform that nobody bought. So I totally get why they brought out Splatoon two Splatoon three. 
I'm not like I didn't buy yeah. that one because I was like it's more the same. At least that's what it seemed like to me. Having not played it, maybe I'm right. talking out of my butt here. Uh, sure, but um, <laughs> like that, you're right about Splatoon three does kind of fly in the face of that. Um, well, but maybe, go maybe ahead. it's also good. Maybe it's also proof, right, that there that that philosophy is a good philosophy because you just say you didn't buy Splatoon three because if nothing else, it just looks like more of the same. And I know people have been waiting, what is it, 12, 13, 14, I don't know how many years for a new F-Zero. But 19, been pretty, I think. 19. They've been pretty steadfast that they're like not going to do it unless they can find a reason to. And F-Zero 99, is, it makes sense for Nintendo as a reason to do it. Uh, so I was just excited to see it. But uh, yeah, that, that's all I could say. So, Okay. Uh, a couple of things. First off, you mentioned the Princess Peach Showtime, I think is the name of the game. Um, yes. When she pulls out the sword and starts whipping the sword around, I was like, that game looks fun. But then she like dresses up like the Sherlock detective. Holmes, and I was like, that doesn't <laughs> look fun. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like this is a game where it's going to have moments that are really cool, but she, she seems like she had so many different abilities that only a few of them are going mm. to be fun. Yeah. And so I'm less interested in that. But I did, That's like, fair. when I saw the sword, I was like, that looks awesome. I like the sword part. Um, as far as F-Zero goes, and I, I talked about this in my recent video, so uh, if you guys already saw this part, feel free to skip ahead a minute. But, uh, boy, when I saw the F-Zero, I was like, yes, F-Zero. It's, like, one of my favorite emulation games. I always fire it up on my... Uh, if for no other reason than the music is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I saw it and I was like, yes, F-Zero. And then they showed F-Zero 99 and I'm like, an F-Zero game mixed with a Battle Royale. This is amazing. And I was really hyped for about 15 seconds. And then I remembered what Nintendo has done with the right. other 99 games. So for instance, Super Mario 35, they shut that down for no reason at all. It's true. Um, Pac-Man 99, you can still play it. But it's ending this year at some point. They're shutting it down. I don't know the reason. Maybe Bandai Namco reached out to them and said, you can't have the license or it was only for a short time. Mm. And so we're shutting it down. Um, but if licensing is the issue, then that's not why they did the thing to Super Mario 35. You know? Right. Uh, and right. then there's Tetris 99, which is still going. But at any point, the Tetris company could just say, well, you didn't, you, you know, we're not going to let you renew the licensing for that. Yeah. And Tetris 99 is my second favorite Tetris game. My first favorite mm. Tetris game is Tetris DS. I love Tetris 99. It's awesome. But Nintendo has trained me to not care about the 99 games because I think that they're just going to pull the rug out from under us. Now, have you played F-Zero 99 yet? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, 
you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. No, I have it. Yeah. Have you? I did. I played it. um, How was it? uh, It's okay. Uh, Oh, man. I was kind of disappointed. Um, I loaded it up. And I, well, okay. First off, I played against, because they start you off at F025. And then yep. it's F050 and then F099. So I I, uh, I think that I'm pretty sure I was playing against robots, right? And yep. the thing is, is when you are on the course with 99 others, like you are just getting bouncing off the wall like crazy unless you're way yep. out in front. Uh, but then at the same time, they have this catch-up mechanic where there's like these golden racers yeah. that drop like these Super little things. Sparks super sparks which fill up the thing which then gets you back into the front so that you can like try and compete i don't know it just didn't click with me and i felt like i'd rather just be playing f-zero for this super nintendo but okay um but they did have another mechanic where you pull the trigger and you spin to attack other other racers when like when you bump into them yeah so that was kind of cool but it just didn't land for me what were you gonna I say? Felt like, I felt like a racing game was a good candidate for that style of game, but now like I can see like the holes being poked in that theory. Like just like you said, it, once you fall bar fall fall so far behind, like are, are you really gonna be motivated to keep playing? And like now you need like blue shell type tactics to catch up and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, you get that you get it. that blue shell super spark tactic. And then you get you catch up, and then you just feel like, well, I didn't earn that. You right, know what I mean? Right, yeah. And yeah. it works in Mario Kart, but it doesn't work in this for some reason. But yeah. I mean, if you guys are enjoying it, then by all means, have fun until Nintendo takes it away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, a couple more games I'm going to point out real quick from the direct mm-hmm. um, Contra. That looks yeah, good. that looks and cool. It, and it's by WayForward, who makes really good 2D action platformers. So it's like a good company handling this this port or this remake, really, right? Mm-hmm. Re-envisioning. So I'm excited about that. And then I'm disappointed that this is not coming to PC. But Unicorn Overlord is a new game from Vanillaware. Yeah, so... I think I skipped <laughs> so over that part. Like You I'm, probably there, did. I, I yeah. did have... I have to admit, when I was watching the direct, I had my fingers on the JKL keys so that I could hit L and skip ahead because I was bored. (laughs) So I might have missed a couple things, but go ahead. Yeah. So it's like a high fantasy tactical RPG. So like it's one of those things that like if you're just into if you're not into it, it's easy to skip over it. But Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of Vanillaware. They've made like Dragon's Crown, 13 Sentinels, um, uh, Grim Grimoire. They they made a few really. Oh, Muramasa is another one. So they have a good um, pedigree, a good reputation, and so I'm looking forward to this one. Awesome. Uh, anything else in that in the direct that you were hyped for? WarioWare. That's oh, the last one. Yes, I I I'm almost so forgot about for that. WarioWare. Because mm-hmm. the first time I ever played a WarioWare game was the one for the Wii, and my wife and my daughter and I we had nice. so much fun playing that game because. If for those of you that haven't played it, I'm gonna. This is like the Wii remote right here. Okay, I'm gonna pretend that this is the Wii remote, <laughs> and it'll be like, um, like there's this guy that comes on and he's got a very soothing voice. He's like umbrella, and then you hold it like an umbrella or the elephant, and you hold it up to your nose, and then you do something with this thing that happens on the screen, and you only have like three or four seconds to do it, and it was incredibly fun. 
this has four player uh competitive play and yep. you you just hold on to your, hold a Joy-Con and do whatever it tells you to do it's very good game it's a very good gameplay loop as a party game I would never, if you're not playing it with people, do not spend a dime on this game because it's only going to be fun with people. And if you've got young kids, buy it instantaneously. That's going to be a blast. I have two young kids and yeah, we're going to love this, right? Just playing this. The only thing is you have to use both Joy-Cons, it looks like. So I only have two pairs. So now I got to go out and buy at least one more pair, if not two more pair. That's 70 bucks right there. Right? Yeah, so it's, it's oh, not cheap. I forgot. I didn't really. Yeah, because that's right. Because they showed some of the poses, and one of the poses, you hold the Joy-Con out your right hand out in front, and you put your your left hand behind you. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, you do have to have both Joy Cons. That is a brilliant move, Nintendo. People are going to have to buy more Joy Cons, uh, right. and that will eventually drift, and then uh, uh, we can <laughs> then you can that's buy it. more of them. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, since we talked about Nintendo, we might as well mention the PlayStation. Uh, oh, I hate their name of it. State, it's of, state of play. play. Thank you. It's mm-hmm. so the state of play. Uh, you talked about the things that you were excited about. Uh, for me, for the state of play, for me, I was excited um, about Final Fantasy Rebirth. I didn't finish Final Fantasy Remake, but this, you know, maybe this will motivate me to finish Final Fantasy Remake because I thought Final Fantasy VII Remake was unbelievably good. I love that game. It is my favorite battle system in any of the Final Fantasy games. The Final Fantasy VII Remake one, I thought it was just awesome. But, you know, shiny things distracted me and I never finished it. I need to finish it so that I can play this when it comes out in February. And then obviously I was excited. I mean, I'm looking forward to Spider-Man. But I felt like nothing in the state of play, like... The, the point of a trailer is to take whatever your hype level is and move it up a little bit. Yeah. And if your hype level's way down here, it's supposed to bring it up a little bit. If your hype level's way up here, it's supposed to bring it up a little bit more. And nothing in the, the state of play moved my hype meter at all. I was just yeah. like, okay, I still want to play that game moving on. Uh, right. Did anything move your hype meter? No, I was I was similar to how you were with the direct. I had my hands on the JK, JKL keys uh, figuratively because I was on the phone. Um, mm-hmm. But I was I was out at the time taking my son to basketball, so I was watching on the phone. Um, and I think I missed because of that. I missed the fact that a lot of these were maybe meant to, like you said, raise your hype. Because for me, I was just like they're talking about this again. I don't need to see this. Like I'm, I'm good. So yeah, I, I, like you said, I'm excited for Spider-Man already. I'm excited for what was the other one? Final oh, fantasy. Thought, yeah. Seven. I'm super excited about rebirth. So I didn't, it was, there was nothing sort of there for me to like grasp onto. It was just like, yeah, more of the same. Got it. Cool. The, but the thing is, one thing that I was my, my expectation, I was really like really excited because in the description on the YouTube channel, it said that they were going to talk about PSVR 2 stuff. And they, like, yeah. mentioned three games. Uh, yeah. And I was like, man, I really wanted... I I spent $700 on this thing. Sell yeah. me some damn games, Sony. Right. I'm so disappointed. Like, there was very little PSVR 2 stuff. And if they had just not mentioned PSVR 2, 
but yeah. then showed some PSVR 2 stuff, I probably would have been a little more forgiving for them. But I feel like, man, I was really hyped for the PSVR 2, and it is yep. it has been a disappointment, and it's not because it's not good. Uh, now, so Now that you mentioned it, I had a similar story where I was looking forward to maybe a PC game being announced, a port, right? So oh, they were right. like... There were heavy rumors of Horizon Forbidden West maybe coming. So I figured it was either that or Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima. And turns out, nothing. We didn't get anything. Well, one thing that we did get is, I don't remember, I don't have it in front of me, um, but somebody had noticed that in the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth trailer, at the very bottom, at the end, it said it launches on uh, PS5 in February 28th or something like that. At the mm -hmm. end of February on PS5. And then it said something about other platforms in July. So that that's is a bad. whole lot. Yeah, that's a lot faster than like Final Fantasy VII Remake was on PS. It was a PS5 exclusive for at least a year, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So this seems like a lot faster. And part of me, like a lot of people are like, wow, this seems like because Square Enix lost so much money that they have to put it on other platforms. But what I think is probably the real case is Square Enix, I think that they want to develop games for one system, finish it, and then port to the other systems. That makes and sense. And the, the reason that, I mean, obviously Sony handed Square Enix a bag of money and right. said, here, we're going to help you get your game running uh, on our system. And then after a certain amount of time, you can port it. But now they've already got a lot of the work done because I'm assuming it just uses the same engine. And so porting That's over to other systems isn't going to be as much but or as much of a, a long time frame. But it didn't say which systems. Obviously, it's on a PlayStation uh, state of play. Do you think it's PC or also Xbox? So I certainly believe PC, right? Like when... yeah. FF7 Remake got ported. It got ported to PC first. I think Xbox came significantly later, right? Or it's not. Yeah, yeah I think so. Is it out now? I'm not okay. sure if it's even out yet, but I mean, because yeah. I already own it. So why would I bother buying it? Correct. Again? Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, th I think it's going to be similar. I think probably that Sony cares more about console exclusivity. So maybe they have like a three month exclusive portion for PC and maybe six months for for xbox but I, yeah i can't really say i just would imagine that it comes to pc first yeah i think so too uh we'll see we'll see when it happens um i will probably just keep buying it on my playstation 5 because i have an ssd because it storage on a ps5 is cheaper than storage on an xbox and so that's where i end mm. up buying most of my games because the xbox yeah. expansion cards are way overpriced um and it's because they did that weird proprietary thing sony yeah. just did a an m.2 drive which is awesome um do we want to talk about the unity thing or do we want to move on to uh that that Titan. game that you told me about and i was like what let's go to the yeah let's go to that game Okay, go ahead. Tell tell everybody about that game that you surprised me with today. So, the, I mean, it was coming in hot for me too, right? Like, I just saw tidbits of it, but Titanfall got its first major update in years. And so some of the patch notes um, says, yeah, there's, there's like Easter eggs related to Apex Legends. But, like, I also saw some chatter that this may seem like 
I don't know, there may be a hint that like Titanfall 3 is coming. But either way, we're back to like 20,000 people plus playing Titanfall 2 online. Uh, so yeah, I think it's big. They, the main thing that they addressed, right. Was I, I believe the DDoS attacks that were prevalent in Titanfall two before, and they ended up just either taking it down entirely, but either way, just not supporting it. And I think they addressed that. So now players are actually able to play again and that's, what's bringing people back. And what people see from that is that clearly we all want some Titanfall action. So 20,000 players concurrently, that's huge. So I think that's going to be a big sort of hint for other people that are for uh who owns this ea it's it is it well it's run by ea um respawn is it respawn Respawn. yeah okay respawn so i think that's gonna be a big hint for ea and respawn that people like this game and want more of it well i mean the game was pretty much universally acclaimed and Mm -hmm. then there was i think that there was leaks that they were working on titanfall 3 and then ea told respawn it might be some is it might be another company it might not be respawn i can't remember no um, you're it, right it is respawn it is okay yep uh then i think they they said that ea told respawn well you're working on apex legends so you got a right. shelf titanfall 3 and i guess that information had leaked um last year or maybe it was early this year and people were like what the hell man we all want titanfall 3 and uh you know of course you know, the suits are like, well, I mean, these live service games make way more money. So we got to we got to put our resources where they're going to make us the most bank. I understand why they do that. But people are clamoring for this game. I ended up picking up Titanfall. I never played the first one. I picked up Titanfall 2 um, for five dollars, I think, during some Steam sale. And when I played that game, I was blown away at how amazing it is. It is a really fantastic game. And then my son, he came up and I was I was very early on. Uh but I was sitting up here with my daughter's boyfriend and we were just chatting about stuff and my son was sitting over on the couch playing Titanfall 2. And I mean, if you haven't played any Titanfall yet, I'm sorry there's going to be slight spoilers that aren't related to the story here. But then he gets the ability to time travel. And suddenly, uh, me and my daughter's boyfriend were just staring at the screen and like, what in the heck is happening? This looks amazing. Holy cow. And yeah. my, my daughter's boyfriend went home and bought the game because we he saw my son playing it. Like, there's some really cool things in Titanfall that I, I want to see go somewhere. And if for no other reason, then I don't feel like playing Apex Legends. But the movement in the Titanfall and Apex Legends games feels better than in any other shooter that has ever existed in my opinion the movement is amazing you feel like a, a little god as you slide and wall wall run around stuff and double jump it's just and grapple hook or whatever it's amazing yep. so uh, like did you I'm, end up finishing that game no but i played some i played up to that point i think the time time travel so like i played a few hours a good few hours of titanfall 2 the single player and it was great i played a little bit of the multiplayer i was i was out of my element like all of those movement (laughs) mechanics right like people having mastered them already and me Mm -hmm. just coming into it fresh i was it was tough but it was fun uh one more piece of data i mentioned 20 20,000 I didn't realize the all-time peak for this game is 27,000. 
So wow. now with now the 24 hour peak, just in the last 24 hours, they reached 22,000. So they're like 80, 90% there. Right. So and this is how old is this game? At least two years. No, it's more, older than much that. Much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Cause it, it was before apex legends. How old is this game? Well, however old it is, it's old. And for them to almost reach like launch levels of 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 peak of peak concurrent players, that's yep. really impressive. Rich has an answer for us. Rich, 20, 2016, and it's currently on sale for two ninety nine. <laughs> two ninety nine. Listen, everybody, if you don't have this game yet, go buy it right now. It's awesome. It's a fantastic shooter. You're gonna love it. I guarantee it. All right. Uh, sure. Anything else that you want to hit before we get out of here for the uh, end of the show, Rich? No, I, I think we covered everything. All right. Tell everybody about your next video, man. All right. So, yeah, on Fan of Deck, there's going to be a new... We're, I'm going to cover SteamOS 3.5. And there are a few other pieces of news. Citra, I think, is they've got, like, Vulcan support coming. So, yeah, there's some good news coming. So I'll, I'll cover that in my news videos this week. On awesome. Fan and Deck. I put out a... Oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off. What were you saying at the end there? I just said on Fan to Deck. Oh, on Fan to Deck. Okay. Uh, and also, hey, guys, he's got another YouTube channel. It's called Fan the Games. He doesn't post there very often, but you should go and subscribe to it right now. All right? Um, thank you. Thank you guys for watching us. And uh, if you enjoyed this video, then you're probably going to enjoy whatever, whichever one is on screen right now. From the Nerd Nest, I'm Bill. That's Rich. Stay rad, everybody. Peace.